Thursday, November 16th. I mean, we're a, a week away from Turkey, so glad that that's going to be happening soon. It's just us today. I have no special guests, no guest appearances, no Cobra getting thrown in at the end of the show or uh, Cyrus yesterday joining us for a comprehensive discussion about the Golden State Warriors, who we will get to in just a little bit. And obviously, the news that we feared, that we expected about the Oakland A's came down earlier this morning, and we will get to all of that. Save all of your FJF hashtags and comments for once I get into it, because today we'll have a little bit of that discussion at the end of the show. Um, I, I do want to talk about the fact that week 11 is going to roar in tonight. Very good Thursday night game to start week 11. A great Monday night game to end week 11. And the 49ers got a date with the fabulous Baker boys here in week 11, the Baker Mayfield boys. And I'm telling you right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are better than they look. They're better than their stats. They're better probably than their record although your record is your record, but they ain't bad. I mean, they really, this is not a bad football team, and a really good way to lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be to assume that there's just some walk in the park coming up. This will be anything but a walk in the park, and if you don't believe me, I'll tell you what they did to Derrick Henry last week, and if you can do that to Derrick Henry, you can probably do that to anybody. Derrick Henry is the second leading rusher in the NFL. Number one is Christian McCaffrey, so a little something to look out for coming up in this game. But look, Baker Mayfield today is an awful lot better than the quarterback that they gave up on back in 2021 so they could add rub me down Watson, who, you know, obviously if the greatest ability is availability, he hasn't been that great for them yet and won't be because he's done for the entire year. Now at 28 years old, Baker Mayfield is a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit humbled, uh, a little bit more mature, less media rabbit ears. He's not picking fights with Colin Cowherd anymore. So there is an older, more mature, and better Baker Mayfield coming to town than you probably expect. Um, you know, he got bounced from the Browns. And then he's wandering the league with the Panthers and the Rams there. And, and now he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He's thrown for more than 2,100 yards this year with 14 touchdowns and only five interceptions. He's completing 65% of his passes. So, like, what's the difference? What has turned Baker Mayfield into a very decent NFL quarterback when everyone bet huge on him? He didn't return on those huge bets, and then the Browns gave up. Well, more than anything, he's become better with better weapons, as all quarterbacks will. It's, it's, it's insane. Some people want to say, well, put Brock Purdy in a situation that isn't good and let's see what he does. Hey, you give Bill Belichick a football team that isn't very good and see what he does. You know, they're, they're, this is the ultimate team sport. No matter how good you are, depends on the other players around you in the sport of football more than any other sport. That's why in my mind, it is the single greatest team sport. There isn't one guy who can come in and start walking on water and save the day at any point in time because there's 21 other dudes out on the field with jobs to do. It's the beauty of this sport. If you want to help a quarterback 
Give your quarterback some weapons and protect him. If you really want to know why Baker Mayfield is having a very good year this year, it's because he is enjoying his least sack rate. The least percentage of sacks that he has ever dealt with is this year right now. The lowest sack percentage of his career is happening right now in Tampa Bay. The Bucs are a second-place team in the NFC South. Again, just I say it out loud and it's not impressive, but that's who they are. They're a game under 500, and Todd Bowles is has got a four and five football team with you know some wins that aren't exactly impressive. But I keep on telling you each and every week, whether you want to believe me or not, as long as you're playing another NFL team that's not an easy opponent. I don't care what their record is. I don't care who their quarterback is. I don't care what their their coach is, who their coach is. There is no such thing as an NFL punching bag even though some teams certainly get treated as such. It's a lot easier to say that team sucks than to go out and prove it each and every week. They've got wins against the Vikings. Again, that was a season opener. Kirk Cousins was healthy. So they did something that the 49ers couldn't do, and that was going to Minnesota and get a win. They've beaten the Bears. Not impressive, let's be honest. They've beaten the Saints, and what makes that a tad more impressive is that win came in New Orleans, and we all know that the Voodoo Dome is a tough place to play. And they just, after a four-game losing streak coming out of a bye week, which is, you know, not great, obviously, they really mollywopped the Titans just last Sunday. So in doing so, the Buccaneers did something that, again, should just let the 49ers know that this is no walk in the park. This is not in, oh, don't worry about it. Like, we just roll the ball out, we're going to win. It's it's not like that. By the way, that is an official sip of the day right there. And Irwin, all I can tell you is that we're at the end of the Andy's Town coffee. I went through that bag lickety split, man. That was, it was really good. Thank you again. I, I very much enjoyed this coffee. I got to stop by Andy's Town. See uh, see if they're interested in doing a special uh, a plus roast or something like that. Maybe they'll be the official sip of the day sponsor at some point. Who knows? But I sure have enjoyed their coffee, so thank you. By the way, we can get into the chat. I can see it's moving, it's flying, it's happening. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there, everyone. We will get there. Although I got to go to this right here. Big Mac, first guy in the chat today. This is like at, at 6 a.m. or whenever it was. He's like, I'm in super early today for all days for the biggest fuck John Fisher of all the fuck John Fishers out there. Hashtag FJF. We'll get there. We'll get there. I promise. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers held Derrick Henry to 24 yards on 11 carries. 24 yards on 11 carries for Derrick Henry. That Titans offense was completely shut out of the end zone. And this is where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to be a concern for the 49ers. They can make a team one-dimensional. That's as decent as the run defense is. And again, even if that's not over the whole year, you do that to Derrick Henry, you can do that. So the run game is something that the Bucs have done a nice job shutting down. And it's also the one area where they need to desperately improve if they're to be taken seriously at any point in time this year. Right now, 
the Buccaneers are basically walking into Levi Stadium as a one-dimensional team. Now, the 49ers have tripped over some of the, well, they don't run the ball very well teams so far this year, Minnesota being one of them, Cincinnati being another one of them. And here come the Tennessee Titans, who's... Rashad White is the team's leading running back. He doesn't even average 3.4 yards per carry. And as a matter of fact, the team's 78 rushing yards per game, that's the second worst in the NFL. The 49ers are at their best, obviously, when they can make a team one-dimensional. So as long as this isn't the week that uh, the defensive coordinator decides Steve Wilkes to go back up into the press box, Hopefully that maintains and continues and the running backs do not all of a sudden out of nowhere for the first time this season start popping against the 49ers. Uh, Again, you shut down Rashad White, there isn't a lot left after him. There isn't really much with him to begin with. So coming in one dimensional is a really good way to set yourself up for a loss. We just saw a Jacksonville Jaguar team give up five sacks Um, And the other thing that I can tell you about this game is that the Buccaneers might be down a right tackle. Might be. It's not, nothing's positive yet. But uh, Luke Godkey uh, has been absent from practice. He's been dealing with a foot injury. He hurt himself in the Titans win and he stayed in the game. This is a right tackle who was originally a guard and didn't perform very well. They kicked him out to right tackle and he is one of the best in in the league right now. Um, Pro Football Focus has him ranked as the 16th best right tackle in the league with 200 or more snaps. If he doesn't play, again, for a reborn, nastier than before defensive line, That tips the game even more in the advantage of the 49ers. This should be a Niners win. This should be a Niners win. Kyle Shanahan needs to put this one into the bank, in the piggy bank, in the win column. He needs to do that. If they're going to go ahead and wrestle back somehow from Philadelphia, a one seed, make sure the Detroit Lions don't eventually become the one. How about this? There is zero chance the 49ers are a one seed without this in the win column. That's how much they need it. Um, And again, if the Buccaneers are down a right tackle, that's good news. If you keep the Buccaneers one-dimensional, that's good news. By the way, they did put on a waiver claim on on Michael Carter, who the Jets decided to move on from. They put him on waivers. The Buccaneers were one of three teams to try to claim them, but Arizona ended up doing so. Arizona, having the worst record in the NFL, I believe, uh, was first up in the waiver claim, so they got him. But they the... Tampa Bay Buccaneers tried to improve their running game a little bit. They weren't able to, and hopefully they don't get right against the 49ers in any way, shape, or form. Um, It's great having you here today. Thank you so much for stopping on by. For so many fans in the East Bay and A's fans, it's been an emotional morning. It's been an emotional, let's face it, last couple of years dealing with all this, and, and we will get into that in just a moment. I've got so much sympathy for fans that have just been abandoned in all possible ways. It's it's rough out there. It really is. So you know what you might need to do today? You might need to do a little 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 self-medication. And my man Ike has a sandwich that will help you self-medicate. Uh, yesterday, 
and you know, I got to put up a picture because I did. I took a picture, but then I forgot to even put it up. I got the Adam Richmond yesterday. The Adam Richmond has got ham. It's got a little pesto on it. It's got uh, chicken fingers on it. I always add red onions. I put Godfather sauce on that. Lettuce, tomato, and whatever else is on the Adam Richmond. I don't quite know. There's some avocado all over that. Big hunks of avocado. I think I was talking with Cyrus yesterday, and he mentioned he liked avocado on his roast beef sandwiches. It got avocado in my mind. I'm like, hey, there's a little avocado on the Adam Richmond. I love the Adam Richmond. That's a delicious sandwich. Again, I I, I had a, a request. Damon, instead of just telling us, you know, go to Ike's, tell us about these sandwiches. Tell us more. Well, there you go. Get the Adam Richmond. Again, I'm a French bread guy. I'm not a Dutch crunch guy. But get yourself an Ike's, get an Adam Richmond, get a Damon Bruce, get a Jamie Sirewich, get a Paul Rubens. These are all among my favorites. And I think they'll be yours too. Use the Ike's Reward app and start eating your way towards free sandwiches. I also want to let you know that uh, it's time for you to sign up with mybookie.ag and use promo code DAMON. Promo code DAMON will get you up to a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. So there's just $500 sitting there for you if you were to open an account with a $1,000 credit line and have an awful lot of fun making wagers throughout the rest of this football season, the rest of the college football season, hockey season, there's uh, some money to be won certainly out there. Um, and, and it's basketball, baby. It's basketball. So uh, go to mybookie.ag, use promo code DAMON when you sign up for a 50% deposit match. And remember, there's a casino waiting there for you. This is like being in a cruise ship out in international waters. The laws of the land need not apply. You can play blackjack. You can play roulette. You can play, you can, you can sit down and play slots. You can have a full-on casino experience. And of course, with the best sports book out there, mybookie.ag, check it out. I'm not wearing a Jax t-shirt today, but I'll always tell you, go see my friends Jax. Go see my friends Jax, jaxsf.com for all your holiday shopping, best vintage sports t-shirts you'll ever see. Use promo code DamonBruce10 for 10% off your purchase. Like I said, week 11 comes roaring in. Do you like a you like a battle between franchise quarterbacks? You, you got one tonight. You got two really good defenses tonight and a Thursday night football game, which Al Michaels is finally looking at going, thank God. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet have bad game after bad game put in front of them due to the schedule makers or just the way the schedule broke by the time that game actually got to them. Um, good one tonight, Ravens and Bills. So there you go. Amazon. I guess I'll be hopping on a little Amazon Prime tonight. Should be a great game. What should have also been a, a great game, just the way it was set up, a little something old versus a little something new. That's what Warriors and Oklahoma City Thunder were set up to be. This evening at Chase Center, Steph Curry will be missing the game against Oklahoma City. He's still out with the knee injury which Anthony Slater went way out of his way to try to tell everyone it's not a big deal. This is an abundance of caution. Don't worry about it. Look, I hope Slater's right. I mean, I know an awful lot about Anthony as a reporter, and he just doesn't carry the bidding of Warriors PR unless he really feels like it's important to get this out. 
So this is an abundance of caution for Steph Curry. Uh, at his age, that's the right thing to do. And that means because of Curry's injury and a special Draymond suspension for starting uh, the Battle Royale, Uh, This is uh, only one of two NBA games this evening, and the Warriors will be down two starters once again. Klay Thompson did not get suspended, so he'll be playing tonight. And I hope it's a good night for Klay, because this team could certainly use a good night from Klay. Klay could certainly benefit from showing us a good night generated from him. Uh, but this is more opportunity, obviously, for Chris Paul, for Brandon Pajemski, for Moses Moody to get things going in that backcourt. Gary Payton II should see a serious bump in minutes. And Andrew Wiggins has been so much of a problem. If he continues to be part of the problem tonight, get him off the floor. Steve, you got options. You got an option in Jonathan Kaminga. You got an option in Trace Jackson Davis. You got an option in Dario Saric. Go to your options when the plan doesn't work. Just throwing that out there. Shouldn't be a crazy concept. Tonight, I'm going to uh, be posting a, a premiere video that I'm going to be calling a requiem for the A's because I've, I've written some stuff down and I look A's and I have had a very complicated relationship making A's fans and my relationship at times incredibly complicated. And I'll get into all of that in a requiem for the A's a little bit later on. When you see it on my YouTube page, if you would share it, Amongst A's fans, if you would share it among the people who care about Major League Baseball, and it seems like that group of people is dwindling by the day, I'd appreciate it. And that's what's coming up a little bit later on. But obviously a little preview for you here. And the truth is, what's so disappointing about this is that the plan for this to happen has been hidden in plain sight for the last few years. And me talking about hiding this plan in plain sight has driven a wedge between me and some A's fans. You didn't want to hear what Uncle Damon had to say because what Uncle Damon had to say didn't reflect well on your team, its ownership, its true intent, or your time, your precious time as a fan that you were investing in something that you were caring an awful lot about, even though it didn't love you back, not for a millisecond. John Fisher has had two decades to do something, to find any sort of solution, but the plan has been completely revealed. He never wanted the A's in Oakland from the day that he bought them. It was about, can we get them to San Jose? Can we get them to Fremont? Can we move them out of the city of Oakland proper to find better pastures somewhere else? That's what the plan has been. It's a real estate property. He wants to add a mall. He wants condos. He wants a hotel more than he really ever wanted a major league team. He saw them as a land development 
issue more than he saw him as a baseball team. And the closer that Howard Terminal got to becoming a reality, the quicker he decided, oh, well, no, I need a solution right now, so I got to go to Oakland, or I got to go to Las Vegas. Like, the closer the poison pill that Howard Terminal was supposed to be from day one, that there's no way Oakland's going to agree to this, the closer Oakland got to agreeing to it, the faster he pulled out of that. And beyond all that, you look at what he's done to deliberately destroy interest in the team he claims to, as owner, care about. In his near 20 years of ownership, John Fisher has summarily rejected the concept of free agency. There has not been a single player that really made a difference that was added on his watch. No one's significant for a significant amount of time. There was never a marriage. It's only wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And then it became straight up a sexless relationship. He rejected the notion of re-signing his own players. He sat there and he watched his home stadium rot with zero, you know, accountability or any pride in ownership or, you know, I know that this is an Oakland problem, but I'm a billionaire. I can afford a few cans of paint. Let's put a few cans of paint on this bad boy. He never even bothered doing that. He completely refused to go on camera. He refused to be interviewed. He refused to be held accountable in any way. I mean, that is the insulation that billions buy you. And you can't help but, you know, respect a self-made billionaire. Oh, wait, no, that's never it. He inherited everything. The man is feckless and talentless, and he's a terrible businessman, and he holds no political will or capital or power anywhere except for in Las Vegas because he doesn't know them yet. So he was able to buy off the local politicians needed to ram this terrible fuzzy math deal through. And here's the thing. Now the fuzzy math needs to become real math. But unfortunately, I don't even think we can count on John Fisher to screw that up because his major league brethren don't want to look like idiots. Voting unanimously on relocation only to see the owner blow it would be so embarrassing for Major League Baseball. John Fisher will get all the financial help he needs now to get this deal done because baseball would look ridiculous without it be, without it happening at this point. This is the same John Fisher who tried to screw over as many employees and minor leaguers as his accountants would allow him to. And during the pandemic, he, instead of becoming a safety net in a safe harbor for his loyal employees, he tried to nickel and dime them all right out of the damn building. He tried to screw over everyone in the organization as hard as possible. So why is he doing all this? Well, I think I know why more than anything else, as always, follow the money. 23 years ago, Gop, uh, Gap stock, which he inherited, Gap stock, you know, it's a family empire, Gap. So he inherited uh, uh, billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of Gap stock. And 23 years ago, it was worth $49 a share. Well, in 2021, just two years ago, it was down to $32.50. And then the plummet happened. And there's no coincidence between I need to get my team's value up with a relocation that is it's directly tied to this. In the last two years, Gap stock fell from 30 to 50 to where it sits today at $13.37. In other words, 
the billionaire ain't as billionaire-ish as he used to be. And that's why he needs this move now more than ever. And the owners know it. And the owners know it that John Fisher isn't worth what he used to be worth. And for more than any other reason, that's why this had to happen now. He's got to go to Las Vegas now. When he said it's been harder on me than it's been on you to A's fans that he met in that bar the other day, this is what he's talking about. I've lost billions and he can't think of anything other than himself at all times. It's all John Fisher is capable of thinking of himself. That's what billionaires do. They're just absolute assholes who think of themselves only and will screw over a multitude of people to better themselves, even though they already live better than those multitudes. Right out of the Bob Nightingale USA Today story. While the A's franchise is expected to rise in value with sweet sales and advertising from ticket revenue from Las Vegas casinos and resorts, major league owners inserted a binding protection provision into the contract before approving the deal. If Fisher decides to sell the franchise soon after moving to Las Vegas to make an immediate profit, He'll be heavily taxed on that sale, which would then be split among his fellow baseball owners. In other words, we know why you're doing this. You're doing this to take what should be a long-term investment in a major league team to a flip my property type of situation. And if you do that, John, we want part of the profit too. Like, fuck Oakland. We're not going to protect them. We're going to insulate ourselves from your business nonsense. And that's what's going on here. The major league owners said, hey, Fisher, if you're going to use this to just fluff your own wallet, we're in your wallet with you. We're taken out of your wallet to goose our wallet. And that's what's going on here. And just to let you know that this whole thing is still a terribly conceived plan, there's an element of homelessness baked into all of this. Nightingale continues, as the A's told Major League Baseball, they plan to play in a revolving series of sites until they move. One owner uh, talking on a condition of anonymity, it's the one word I can't say. Well, there's many words I can't say, but that's the worst of all of them. Anonymity. Anonymously. Uh, the plan is to play in Summerlin, Nevada, home of the A's AAA team, Oracle Park in San Francisco, where the Giants play, and perhaps also the Coliseum. I'm going to tell you, the A's are going to end up whatever is the cheaper option. Whatever is the less expensive option, that'll be the only option that John Fisher exercises between now and then. It's like, the, it's like fielding a team. What's the least expensive way to do it? That's the only prism through which John Fisher sees anything. He's a cheap fuck. So keep an eye out for the premiere of a requiem for the Oakland days. It's coming later this afternoon. And when you see it, please share it. In the meantime, please unfollow the Oakland days on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, unfollow them. It's time for you to abandon the A's as they have abandoned you. Another thing that we're going to get into Another thing that we're going to get into is that 
as easy as it is to see John Fisher as the bad guy here, he's not the only bad guy. He's the worst of them, without a doubt. He is the billionaire who had the money to solve all of these problems at any point in time that he deemed, this is the point in time I'm going to solve these problems. But no, he wanted to cash in on welfare checks anywhere he could. But the truth is, the city in Oakland is not in any way cloaked in glory or can say that they're just the victim laying in the middle of the road. They never saw the car coming. They did see this car coming. This car has run over the same body three different times now because the NFL, the NBA, and now Major League Baseball have all abandoned this city, and there is no municipality that has anything like this. This is a prolific exodus from the city of Oakland, rejected by all by all the leagues that matter. Right or wrong, fair or foul, it is what it is, as the kids say. And this is unlike anything any other city has ever experienced. I I, I don't know what more could or should have been done, but obviously the plans in place that can either grease the skids of business happening here or grease the skids of business out of town, the city of Oakland has allowed the greasing of the skids of business to only lead out of town, not into town. It's not a criticism. It's just an observation that is undeniable. And the only other observation that I'm going to leave you with is this. I don't ever want to hear another word about diversity from Major League Baseball ever again. I don't want to hear about inclusion. I don't want to see another like profile piece on today's most popular like black player X. I don't care who it is. Like it's it was usually Tory Hunter, right? And Tory Hunter would be like, "Well, you know, there's just there, there's not enough black kids playing baseball." And baseball would be like, "Yeah, that's very concerning. We really want to help." No, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, I, again, I don't think that that Major League Baseball wants to stand up to cancer. They just have uh, a, a printing arrangement with all those stupid placards that people hold up for to stand up for cancer. How about, how about you not spend money on the stupid placard so I can write Uncle Jethro or Uncle Mike's name on it and, and, and just give all that money to cancer research? Why don't you do that? But they don't. It's just shameless self-promotion and shameless self-fart-sniffing. Major League Baseball couldn't give a shit about diversity, and they approved it implicitly by taking their uh, market out of the most diverse Major League city that they're going to find and moving it to about as white a tourist economy in a smaller market as there is. Somebody tried to come down my road when I made this point on on um, uh, on Twitter and was like, you racist pussy. What? Why does? Why do Oakland blacks matter than more than Las Vegas blacks? Well, because there's millions of more of them. That's why. That's why Oakland is 22% black. Las Vegas is 11% black. And the difference between the sizes of the markets are top 10 market in the country, market number 40. So we're talking about millions and millions and millions of more minorities are in one town than the other. Again, that's nothing to even get angry at. This is just math. But I don't want to hear it anymore. Major League Baseball couldn't give a shit about any color that isn't green. That's it. It's all they care about. And they've proven it once again. Hit like. Hit subscribe. 
And please do it quickly because apparently we're all on borrowed time and this is where we're going to wrap up today's show here, fellas. And this is a, a, this is a segment for the fellas. Ladies, I love you. But to say that the future is female is the absolute truth because, guys, we are dying off at a ridiculous rate all of a sudden. I saw a study that says now the life expectancy for men in the United States has fallen to just 73 years old. That's six years less than women. A study reveals that at least a partial consequence of over a million COVID-19 deaths, and again, more men than women died during COVID-19 because men are stubborn and stupid, and a lot of Republicans decided to suck that Trump dick and die of COVID, and good for them. But anyways, um, the U.S. has declined significantly in terms of life expectancy for men, and it's unlike any other developed nation. Um, it was 78.8 years old back in 2019. It fell to 77% in 2020, 76% in 2022, and now it is 73 years old, the average life expectancy of a man in America. This puts the country far behind Japan, Korea, Portugal, the United Kingdom, Italy. They all of them, all of them enjoy a life expectancy over 80 Countries such as Turkey and China also fare better. So it's not just like, oh, land of the free, home of the brave, you're doing it well. No, we're doing it worse than so many other countries. And these are countries that have democratic freedom, and these are countries that live under authoritarian regimes. What's the difference? Well, they got into that. The picture is especially concerning for men whose life expectancy is now 73.2 years old compared to the women who are 79 years old. This 5.9 year gap is the widest between the two genders since 1996. What's the deal? Well, they basically brought it down to three things. I'm paraphrasing here a little bit. Opioid epidemic has taken out a lot of dumb, addicted men in this country. Mental health, we got people shuffling off this mortal coil for mental health reasons. And chronic metabolic disease, which is basically a way of saying you're all eating like shit and living terribly unhealthy lifestyles. And that's what American men do. You know, I mean, we can't say no. What do you what do you mean? You stuffed crust the pizza? Oh, I got to order that. You know, I mean, that's who we are. So. Uh, drugs, people going bonkers and eating like shit have taken a American male's life expectancy and shaved many years off of it just over the last couple of years. Bang up job, everybody. Let's keep up that average work. Doesn't all that suck? Ike is saying, I've been trying to connect with him over the years. I don't know who you're talking about, Ike. I just joined the chat and I was the first one up here. Ike, give me a call. If I can help connect you with anyone, let me see what I can do. So...
All I can tell you is that it's it's a shame that this day has come about. It's a shame that vote was unanimous. It shows you the true intent of major league owners. Um, and it totally sucks. Look out a little bit later on this afternoon for a requiem for the Oakland A's. The premiere will be coming. Along with other videos, by the way, these videos that we've been posted have been very well received over the last few days. We have had back-to-back some of the most viewed days in the history of this channel. The subscriber count rises. We're at 9,130 now, so 70, 70 subscribers away, 70 from 9,200. Again, the quest for 10,000 is real. We're going to get there by the end of the year. I really want to be there by the end of the year. But uh, I thank you so much for tuning in. I thank you for listening to the podcast we're going to continue with a little Club Plus and, again, be on the lookout for a lot more stuff coming today on the channel. I appreciate all of you to no end. Thank you for supporting me, my wife, my family, and what we're doing over here. It means an awful lot. And unlike the Oakland A's, I ain't leaving. I'm not abandoning this market. I don't go somewhere because it might be easier to live somewhere else. What I want to be is part of the reason why the Bay Area and San Francisco rise like a phoenix again. And it's going to happen. Go ahead. Count San Francisco out. I dare you. Thank you so much for being a part of this today. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.